and force is rewarded. It will be dangerous for our own security and for the whole world. I regret today's decision by Russia to suspend its participation in the new START treaty. Russia suspending its participation in the START treaty, which with the United States, basically this reduces and limits each country's nuclear uh, arsenal. Vladimir Putin saying, in this regard, I am forced to announce today that Russia is suspending its participation in the Strategic Offensive Arms Treaty. Uh, in his long-delayed State of the Nation address, Putin cast Russia and Ukraine as victims of Western double-dealing. Right before Christopher Arps, who uh, was just here, uh, he says, uh, that's uh, Vladimir Putin. He's just mad because Joe's over there. He's ruffling feathers, so he's just out talking. Uh, here's my reaction. Uh, and listen, I will never, ever try to, you know, I don't like to stoke fear and be a fear monger. Like, oh, my God, you all got to, you know, go out and buy, uh, buy dried vegetables and hide in your basement because World War Three is coming. I'm not one of those, but I will tell you the feeling that I get is all of a sudden like it feels like it's 1984 again. And we're watching movies like The Day After on TV and this that was a real fear as as a child in the early 80s during the Cold yes. War that was a real thing when you walk into your school and it's got hey in case the stuff hits the fan here's where you go for a nuclear fallout like those are signs you saw that in your school and as a six-year-old kid you're kind of it's a little discerning and I gotta tell you the feeling reacting to this news that came in within the past hour or so Feels a little like 1984, man. I don't know about you. Uh, 874-9390, 874-9390. As a matter of fact, earlier today, uh, trending on, uh, what was trending on Twitter earlier? I thought I saw something that said World War Three, and there have been a lot of people saying, like, you know, we're all worried about this and that and the other, but, like, is anyone paying attention that this stuff is really serious and it's brewing? Um, also trending, obviously, Putin, Russia, Ukraine. All of that. <laughs> All right. Welcome into the show. It's Wake Up, so I don't want to be a fear monger. I'm just telling you, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, man, it feels like 1984. Welcome into the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather than, of course, Stephanie Bell. Good morning, staff. Good morning. Howlsworth knows what I'm talking about, child of the 80s. I remember that, yes. Um, and I remember the kind of being told to hide under your desk. I mean, basically, and I... Which also... Yeah, I, I remember that, for sure. As a six-year-old, I never understood when my parents explained the, uh, the, uh, the importance of what was going on, and they were explaining to me a nuclear fallout, and you're just going to disappear. You'll zap, you'll get so hot, you'll be gone, and life as we know it is just completely uh, done. And I didn't understand that as a kid, like... What do you mean life is done, is over? Mm. And my dad says to me, he says, do you remember what it was like before you were born? Mm. I said, no. He says, that's what it's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> it will be, it's going to be uh, like that. Um, wow. But that's what that's yeah. what it was uh, like in the 80s. There's Mr. John Marsh. Yep. Growing up like you on Air Force bases, we yeah. were pretty fatalistic about it all at a very young age. Especially on an Air Force base. When you were at Whiteman, I was at Beale Air Force Base in California. My mom and dad were stationed there, not me. But like on an Air Force base where we housed B-52s and SR-71s and T-38s and all that stuff, U-2 spy planes. Yeah, on an Air Force base with spy equipment that was used on a regular base. Mm -hmm. to check out what the Soviet Union was doing back then. Mm -hmm. Kind of on their target list. Yeah. And I do remember 
as a kid, when we would do these drills, I don't know, like once a quarter or something, and my parents, with that knowledge in mind, if there's a nuclear war, you just zap, you're just gone. But hiding under the desk and put your hands on top of your head. I remember that. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what is this going to do, man? Uh, there's producer Hannah. Good morning. My name is Brandon Rather. Want to bring in? Uh, Want to bring into the show Shane Scholler. He is a former state representative. He is the Green County Clerk. And tomorrow, very cool panel regarding election integrity. Very important conversations uh, that we're having. Uh, Shane, if I may, I want to start here. And if you don't want to, that's fine. It's not why we brought you on. But your reaction to what's been happening in Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, and this announcement that apparently Russia is pulling back from the start. Treaty. What's your reaction to that? Watching this, as everyone has for, you know, over the past year and really in the past uh, couple months, um, begin to watch it quite a bit closer. And my opinion is, um, whether intended or not, um, President Biden is slowly beginning to back into us into a conflict with Russia that's unnecessary. And I'm very concerned. And, of course, Russia very lightly. I mean, uh, Russia and China together uh concern is maybe, uh you you have chosen your words better my word right now i don't want to say fear but uh it, you know what it was like you know uh, back in the 80s and that real fear on a daily basis shane scholler former state rep green county clerk election integrity panel happening in mid-missouri uh tomorrow kind of give us the one or two top aspects of election integrity that you're going to be discussing tomorrow well, there's a lot of things um, revolving around election integrity that a lot of voters just aren't aware of. For example, bipartisan election judges, when you come to vote, you're only going to have one Republican, one Democrat that are there to greet you. But there's a lot of things that happen before the election. For example, we're leading up to the April election coming up on the 4th of April. And so um, we're going to begin testing our election equipment. We have bipartisan teams that certify that election equipment, make sure it's ready for the day of the election. And then, of course, after the election, we'll go through and we'll test that equipment again and we literally have a test deck that's hand counted and then it's ran through each of the machines to make sure it's tabulating correctly but then we even go a step further and we have bipartisan teams that will do um, we'll randomly draw precincts um, from each of our counties and then we'll randomly draw races that will be um, hand counted as well just to make sure that what the tape said on the machine when it tabulated results that evening that the hand count matches that and if not then we know we have a concern. Mr. Schiller, we appreciate you joining us uh, live this morning. Of course, uh, as Brandon pointed out, you're a former uh, Missouri lawmaker, speaker pro tem, and you briefly, briefly served as the Missouri House Speaker. I certainly uh, recall that. Um, there's going to be two Democrats, two Republicans on the panel tomorrow night at the Country Club of Missouri. Our Boone County Clerk, Brianna Lennon, will be there as well. One of the issues that has come up, he's been photo ID. And there are some concerns. David Tyson Smith, who you know is a Democrat from uh, state representative from Columbia, he's concerned yes. it has impacted the uh, the elderly primarily and in uh, people that are people of color. In his words, um, your thoughts on that? Your thoughts on his concerns? Well, I think we always want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to vote, that we have access. Um, since my time as county clerk, I'm in Green County. I'm in my ninth year now. Um, and, of course, we've had photo ID passed back in 2016. Um, legislature did change it a little bit over the past couple of years. 
we've not had anyone contact us and say, I am unable to vote because of the new photo ID provision. Now, that's Green County. I can't speak for any other county, but I can tell you that um, every election official I work with, Brianne included, we're always going to make sure that people have an opportunity to vote and be able to help them through that process. And, of course, Secretary Ashcroft, his and his team will do the exact same thing. And so if someone's having a challenge getting a photo ID, contact the Missouri Secretary of State's office first, and they're going to help you through that process to make sure you get your photo ID. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft joins us 735 this morning. I know Jay has always been strong. Like, dude, if you don't have an ID, man, I will come and pick you up in my big old <laughs> Chevrolet jacked up pickup truck, and you can sit in the front seat. We'll go and we'll get you some uh, some ID. That's how adamant our se- uh, current Secretary of State is on that. Our yeah. guest uh, right now, Shane Schiller, former state rep, Green County clerk at Springfield, uh, doing an election integrity panel tomorrow night in Columbia. Shane, talk to us about the failure of the Voting Rights Act. I guess that's been a full year ago and all. What that would have meant for election officials like you in the Show Me State, there was a lot of gloom and doom associated with it. Well, I think the biggest challenge that we've seen with uh, provisions like the Voting Rights Act um, is oftentimes they're not talking to local election officials. And it's very important when they begin to do that, you've got to talk to local election officials and make sure that they are part of the process. And all too often, what we see at the federal level, that doesn't happen. Of course, you know, in terms of what you're talking about, um, we haven't seen any any changes in that regard, and and that's not a bad thing. Another big topic covered by the legislature, or we think will be covered by the legislature this session, is initiative petition reform. Um, there's several provisions moving um, in your position as clerk or, you know, in your uh, seeking the Secretary of State's office. What's your position on, on those uh, new bills pending? And did you say the federal level or at the state level? Sorry, at the state level. At Stalem. Um, you know, last year, the election integrity bill has really kind of been the focus of what, um, you know, we worked with uh, after the August election in November. And of course, they banned drop boxes, which I'm certainly supportive of. Um, there are some bills out, the, out there this year. None of them are as comprehensive as what we saw during the last session. But one of the things I've been focusing on that I think a lot of voters um, probably are not aware of is that we do need to add in signature verification in the state law. And what that means is when you, when an election official gets an absentee ballot returned on the outer envelope, there should be a signature. Now, by practice, by standard, most election officials check that signature with what we have in the voter registration file to make sure we're getting that absentee ballot back from the voter. But that is actually not in state law that we have to do that. As I tell folks, If someone chooses not to do that, there's nothing in the law right now currently that can hold that election official accountable. So that's something I would like to see the legislature move forward on. All right. Shane Scholler, he's going to be in Columbia tomorrow on election integrity panel. Green County clerk, Springfield area. Uh, by the way, good seeing you last night at the Cole County uh, Lincoln Days. It was a really nice event. The governor showed up. A lot of folks there. It was cool seeing you there, too. And we appreciate your time this morning. Absolutely. It's great to be there last night and see everyone in Cole County. So appreciate it. All right. You bet. Uh, Carrie Lake. Remember that uh, the whole thing, um, there's a song, Big Energy, 
which is the clean version that you would hear on our sister station, Y107. Yes, I'm familiar. And Carrie Lake, when she was campaigning in her attempt to become governor of Arizona, was talking about her love for Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, and uh, the next president of the United States of America. Love the guy. Fantastic. He, I'm going to tell you a little bit. I just got to spend time with him. Love the guy. Fantastic. He is gutsy. The guy has bigger, has a backbone made of steel. I'll tell you what he's got. I call it big DeSantis energy. I had to edit some of that because there's some things that might make some people in the audience a, a little uncomfortable. So there she says, I love the guy, spent time with him, campaign and all this good stuff. Uh, now she's putting out stuff linking him to George Santos. <laughs> wow. She's not a fan. Well, oh. she's she's always been tied really closely with Trump. Mm -hmm. And so, to the extent DeSantis goes against Trump. Also, she was trying to win an election there. So, she was trying to ride DeSantis's coattails. Coming up, we are going to be doing What's Hot with Hannah. What's smoking today, Hannah? It's another installment in our Escaped Zoo Animals series. <laughs> Becoming a regular feature. I can't, it is. Can't wait to hear this one. That's coming up. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. 726. Time for What's Hot with Hannah. We've been, well, we have done several installments in the Escaped Zoo Animals series. There was a leopard that escaped from the Dallas Zoo. Um, I believe a couple monkeys also escaped from the Dallas Zoo. There was an owl that escaped from the New York Zoo. And Lots of papers escaped from the White House. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's been some suspicion that people are intentionally cutting the enclosures at these zoos. So there are other zoos in the world, like Japan, where they're seeing these stories and they're deciding to be proactive and practice some drills for if that were to happen in their zoo. And <laughs> the solution, and there's video of this posted on the Wake Up Facebook page, the solution that they came up with for this escaped animal drill is they chased a guy around the zoo who was wearing a bear suit. So there's just really great. Wait, they didn't use a real bear? No. And the lesson is you're supposed to chase the bear? Well, they were just practicing, I guess, their emergency maneuvers for, it looks like they're essentially using cars and nets to kind of push him into a corner so then they can tranquilize him and safely get him back into his enclosure. But it's just, it's a video of a guy running around a zoo in a bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> He even goes as far as mimicking, you know, when he gets the sedation and he lays on the ground and they're poking him with a long pole to make sure he's out. It's pretty entertaining, I think. When you put on a bear outfit, is it proper to wear, like, let's say you're going to, uh, let's say like we did a couple weeks ago. We went to some grade schools in Jefferson City and uh, we went and read to kids. <laughs> if you're going like you're going to read to kids and you're dressed up as a bear, is it, are you supposed to put shorts on the bear? How does... <laughs> Yikes. How does that work? I just wonder, is this drill as useful as hiding under your desk, protecting yourself from a nuke? <laughs> Which was Which one is more or less useful? Well, apparently this zoo has gone viral for this before. Um, they've made employees dress up like lions or zebras. <laughs> and they just chase them around the zoo, essentially, to practice if an animal were to ever get out, I guess. But it's pretty entertaining if you want to go check out the video. On the Wake Up Facebook page, 
At least I think it's funny. Doesn't the St. Louis Zoo have like haunted night at the zoo? Wouldn't that be terrifying? You're oh. like there with the lights and all of a sudden like <laughs> fake animals chasing you. It's a big old bear. bear. Don't worry about it, kids. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not a scary bear suit. It's like a teddy bear suit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so frightening. A big, giant teddy bear is running around the zoo giving out free hugs and lollipops. Saying only you can present, prevent forest fires. That's what it looks like, kind of, right? Yeah, kind of. Well, welcome to the show, man. We appreciate you being here. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Coming up a few minutes from now, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. He is joining us on uh, on the show. And I'm really excited about this guy. 810 this morning. I hope you'll join us. John Combest. He's Kind of, he's got a website, kind of deals with Missouri politics. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathard. Patient in the new START treaty. That's news we've been learning uh, in the past hour or so. Russian President Vladimir Putin announcing Russia is pulling back from the new START treaty with the United States, which reduces and limits each country's nuclear arsenal. I think Chris Farms, chrisfarms.com, had kind of an interesting take. He says, ah, Putin is just, uh, he's just upset that Biden uh, is over there rattling the cage. Can't wait to see what Randy Tobler's take is on it. Randy Tobler's here at 4 to 6. I want to tell you about the Randy Tobler show. When I talked to people last night, Steph and I were at the Cole County Lincoln days. And talking to people and mentioned the Randy Tobler show. And this came up more than once. Randy, They said, Randy Tobler, he, he's like a deep thinker. Mm-hmm. And it's entertaining. And I thought, Hannah, we could do a liner for the radio station. Randy, welcome into uh, something to the effect of Randy Tobler. He's a deep thinker. Brandon Rathard, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? For a liner? Oh. Um, welcome to the show. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I am Brandon Rather. John Marsh is there. Stephanie Bell, Brian Houseworth, producer Hannah. Another one of the folks at the Cole County Lincoln Days yesterday. So you had Governor Mike Parson. Um, he was there. A whole bunch of people there. Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft also at Lincoln Days last night. Cole County. Uh, Jay, let me, uh, let me ask you. What was uh, a highlight or two for you from, from last night's event? I just love seeing people. I love talking to people about what we need to be doing, about how Missouri can make can make changes in the law to create better opportunity for people. But I'm a public servant, and I love meeting with the people. And I think it's uh, what I enjoy about these events. We tell, we're always talking about getting involved, do this, do that. These Lincoln Day events, there's one coming up in, uh, in Boone County. I think that's going to be in April. They happen yes. all over the place, whether you're in Callaway County, Montauk, Randolph. They happen all the time. Cool thing, because you can go, it's a bunch of people that are just as smart as you, and you're all talking about the uh, same things. One of the things, among several things that Jay and I, uh, the Secretary of State, spoke about last night, ESG and what you have been doing with that. Kind of give us the rundown on that, Secretary. Yeah, ESG is an idea in investing where you invest not for the greatest financial return, but you you invest for some sort of social gain or social change. And what we've seen is there's been a problem with some investment advisors that are giving investment advice based on what they want to have happen instead of what's necessarily in the best interest of their client. Uh, so you might be trying to save up for your retirement or something, and you want to return, get the highest rate of return on your money you can, and they're, instead they're suggesting something that, unbeknownst to you, will give you a lower rate of return because of some social agenda your advisor has. Securities are underneath my office, and we just put out a rule to make sure that investment advisors, broker-dealers know that it's a fraudulent business transaction if they're not disclosing to you 
why they suggest an investment, and if they're doing it for some social agenda of their own instead of what you want. It's your money. You get to decide how it's invested, and all the material facts need to be disclosed to you. Why can't we do the same with Social Security? <laughs> on the national I know that's hard, but man, you, you, you explain it so simply, and I'm thinking, yeah, why don't we do that with uh, Social Se- uh, Security? Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft joining us this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Jay, we just talked to... Go ahead. We just talked to Shane Shuler about uh, voting rights and all that. And I think back some 20 years to the days immediately after 9-11 when your father, Attorney General John Ashcroft, was making remarks about the 9-11 attacks. And he immediately pointed to protecting voters' rights. It is important. We need to make sure that we have elections that are accessible, that are credible, and that are secure. If you don't have that, then you lose faith. Well, I hate to say you lose confidence in government. We've already done some of that. But you lose confidence in the ability of the, we, the people, to make the decision. So it's, it's incredibly important that we have accessibility, we have security, that we have credibility. And then, of course, no election is good if we, the people, don't participate, if we don't spend the time to self-educate and make our voices heard. Mr. Secretary, we appreciate you joining us. Tomorrow evening, there will be a free, and it is free to open to the public, Country Club of Missouri in Columbia will be hosting a program. Two Democrats, including Brianna Lennon and two Republicans who both served in the Missouri House, uh, Shane Schiller and Kurt Barr, will be on the panel. They're going to talk about election security, and they will answer questions from the audience as well about how to improve election security. From your perspective, and I know you're, you're not listed on the panel, what, what would you uh, recommend, things you would recommend for improving election security, Mr. Secretary? Uh, I'd love to see us have written in the statute a better way to do audits so that people can have more confidence. You have people that don't trust the machines. You have people that don't trust the hand counting of ballots. I'd love to see a better, uh, more stringent requirement for random audits so that we can use the machine counts to get a quick count. But then we have a good hand count audit to make sure that we check ourselves. Um, I'd also like to see some statutory changes with regard to residency. So if someone has multiple properties, be they in the same state or in different states, it's clear where they should vote so that everyone has one place that should be their residence for voting and not more than one. And I should say, I really appreciate the election authorities that are being a part of that uh, question and answer time. One of the problems I think we've had with elections is we've had election authorities that have kind of said, hey, I don't have to answer questions. I know this. Leave me alone. We all should be available to the people of the state. And it really helps people to have confidence when they can ask questions and get a good, honest, truthful answer. Mm, That's a good point. Two Democrats, two Republicans on that uh, committee. Any thoughts on initiative petition reform as it has started to make its way through committees and through the legislature um, on the specific proposals that are included in the bills that are currently pending? You know, I'm not exactly sure which proposal will end up being the proposal that the legislature favors. I favor any proposal that makes sure that if an initiative petition is passed, it's really representative of what the people of the state want as a whole, not just a bare majority. Uh, I'm not in favor of making it harder or more difficult to put something on the ballot. I think it's good to have those discussions, but if you can't get a a strong majority across across the state, both 
urban and rural voters to support something, then maybe you should try it out statutorily or at least shouldn't be in a constitution. I guess Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. you ever read the Jefferson City News Tribune? I do at times. I do. I, I, I love to read and I try to get as much information as possible to make the best decisions I can. So there is an article uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, with the headline motive behind Secretary of State's frequent testimony uh, questioned. And Ryan, <laughs> OK, I already hear your reaction. Uh, how do you because you, you have been doing a lot of that. How do you react to an article like that, Jay? Well, I think there's two reactions. One, I've always felt that the people of the state are paying me a salary and they expect me to work. So I have always been willing to testify. I think I was the the first statewide official that would go and testify alone on his budget. And I've always been involved with legislation. Our office pushes more legislation than any other statewide. The answer to that question is simple. I believe I should be a public servant and I should be working for the people every day I can. Secondly, I, I really think the answer is easy, but I think there's a subtext of another question that really ought to be answered. And to me, that's why aren't more statewides? Why aren't more statewides spending their time testifying and being involved in committee work and being involved in pushing legislation? Um, isn't that why we're there? Aren't we supposed to be public servants? Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft, anything else that you would like to add this morning? Uh, just thank the people for allowing me to serve and remind them. We have our general municipal elections coming up. They can reach out to the local election authority to find out what's on the ballot and get a sample ballot so they can self-educate, not just listen to people on the radio like me, but they can self-educate and make sure they make the decision that's best for them. And by the way, uh, you know, every time we have somebody like Secretary of State comes on or Governor Mike Parson or anybody who comes on, it's always somebody behind the scenes that makes this stuff happen. Last night, Stephanie and I were speaking with several legislative assistants last night, and I made a point to tell one of them, like, you know, you guys, you really do a lot. It's almost like 911 operators. We talk about first responders. A lot of times we forget 911 operators, but we forget legislative aides and we forget assistance people like uh joe don cheney uh who's who's always very very beneficial whenever we deal with your office and i feel like it's important that once in a while we let those folks behind the scenes that are facilitating these things uh we let them know and give them a public shout out for the good work that they do you are right i appreciate that i couldn't do nearly as much as i do without the people to help me and make sure i am where i need to be so thank you for mentioning that i should have mentioned it myself yeah, you tell him today, boss. <laughs> I will. All right, Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft on Wake Up in Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWOS, 48 hours from now. Uh, there is a palpable excitement, and I think not just not just here at Zimmer, but even across mid-Missouri, because for 17 years now, we've been doing our annual Missouri Credit Union Miracles for Kids Radiothon to benefit MU Healthcare Children's Hospital. This starts Thursday. It goes into Friday, so it's going to be a different show on Thursday and Friday. It's different. It's an opportunity for you to help folks and we have folks and is, is what we do uh we raise money for equipment to cover the cost of life-saving equipment and support programs at the mu Healthcare children's hospital uh they, they do life-changing work there and you can help change lives folks like wendy sprouse modig industries allstate consultants llc just some of the folks that are going to be helping us out that goes thursday and Friday. Coming up a few minutes from now, you know, we talk about these folks that are like, they're looking, some of these folks, they're not mad unless they got a reason.
to be mad about unless they've got something to be angry about. And sometimes this is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert. Which means you can give it to somebody that you think is overdosing. And even if they're not, um, they're not going to have any long-lasting side effects. That's uh, Kelly Miller, CEO of Central Ozarks Medical Centers, chatting with KOMU Channel 8. I thought it was interesting. Narcan, of course, that's the thing. If you think somebody's overdosing on an opioid, you uh, you hit them up with it, and it's supposed to save their uh, lives. But uh, Narcan is going to be available in vending machines in the Lake of the Ozarks area. I guess it's a, a, a good idea. I don't know. It just strikes me as kind of odd. This life-saving, a potentially life-saving stuff in a vending machine. And that it doesn't hurt you if you, like, take it and you didn't need it. That's bizarre, but I guess I'm glad to hear that from a medical professional. For me, it kind of sounds like, you know, we talked a little bit about the Good Samaritan laws, like where you're absolved from liability if you call to get help. And I think, you know, if you saw someone overdosing, maybe you would think like, oh, I need to call law enforcement. They'll have Narcan. But here, you know, if you have any concerns about being implicated, this would allow you to go to... A vending machine and grab it and help someone without necessarily getting other folks involved is that like the it's just more accessible i mean i think and it's, it's free okay it's free yes it's free out of the vending so machines, why would at least the ones at the lake so if you were somewhere maybe like i don't i don't know if people do that stuff in bars or what if you had an establishment why wouldn't you just go get some and keep it in your business or in your car or whatever if you were worried about it yeah i i or just not not do it. Dude, well, I wasn't overdosing on opioids. I was just dozing. I was taking a nap, man. And I, I guess I don't know how long how long do you have between like the overdose and when you have to administer it. I, I don't know that answer. Uh, welcome to the show. It's, it's just weird the things that are acceptable now uh, nowadays. And I'm not doing the old man out on the front yard waving the newspaper in my bathrobe. It's just it's just different. Um, uh, that's all. I know numbers in Boone County, at least for 2022, there were at least 25 uh, fentanyl. Fentanyl is an opioid. Uh, 25 overdoses just in Boone County, 2022. Most of those large majority younger people, uh, fentanyl. Where does fentanyl come from? It comes from Mexico. It comes from China. It goes from China to Mexico and our closed borders. Uh, the fentanyl comes through and it kills young people here in mid-Missouri. Welcome into the show. Uh, I'm Brandon Rather. There's Stephanie Bell. Producer Hannah, John Marsh is here. I'm excited. Coming up at 810, John Combest. This is one of those folks I like genuinely. Seldomly do I get excited. I got excited one time when I met Garth Brooks. But other than that, is, is this another man crush of no, yours? No, I admire the work the guy does. He kind of does like an aggregate for state of Missouri kind of news. Yeah, he posts headlines, and he's done it for a really long time. Yeah, I, I want to. I'm like, do you ever want to take a day off? Like, I mean, because when we when we take a day off, we get like we get to sleep in, we get to take a day off. But I don't think that I don't know. We'd have to ask. I don't know that he's taken a day off since he started. He's written something called Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. And I think this is, uh, it's interesting, obviously. We know what happens on uh, social media, whether it's just uh, trolling or it's actual harassment. Uh, but a guide to recovering and rebuilding after online attacks. He's here at 810 on Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 93.9 The Eagle, 104.5 News Radio, 950 KWLS. I love it when folks, I'm a big believer, there's a large number of people, they're not happy unless they've got something to be mad about. 
like Uncle Ned every Thanksgiving. He'd sit there and he'd be quiet, but man, if there was something that he was mad about, he was happy to talk about all these. He would have been a great talk show host, frankly. <laughs> but he, he wasn't happy unless he had something to complain about. And sometimes people do that and they're, uh, they react too quickly. Uh, I hope this is going to work here. Randy Scott, he's a dude on ESPN, going back and forth between a couple of Michigan State basketball games, men's game, women's game. And in the men's game, uh, they're taking some, some time out to honor those that were killed in the on-campus shooting. So he talks about that, shows some video. Then he goes to the women's basketball and gives some highlights on that. While he's doing that, then he goes back to the men's game, but it's what he said that got people a little freaked out. The women's program holding down the fort there in East Lansing, taking on eighth-ranked Maryland. And Iseline Alexander going to spin, make a layup inside. Michigan State uh, cutting the deficit to just six, but Diamond Miller was too much. 29 points. She has 25 or more in four of her last five. So there he's given these are highlights from the women's basketball game. Miller and Maryland. 66-61 winners. It's their fourth straight win. Let's get back to the actual basketball there in Ann. So they said, let's get back to the actual basketball. <laughs> and Don Lemon was sitting there at the anchor desk with him. He's coming back, apparently. Uh, apparently, he's got to do some formal training as opposed to the informal training when it comes to misogyny at CNN. They're going to do formal training. 